to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total photonic reversal. Photonic reversal. With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Coming to you from the heart of the historically hipster mission. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. I'm, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm a Southern belle. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. I'm known for many things and strong invectives are one of them. Conan, you have a lot going on right now. It means something. Well, we all deserve to be recognized. See anything wrong with, you know, being into the stuff you're into. 150 people with a massive crowd, you know. We'll sing you a song. You may be led astray. has a Christmas album. What an excellent professional segue that was. Well, I'm very curious about math rock. No, I kind of know the sound man for Rob Zombie. I'm presenting you the illusion of choice. We will impress you later. Yeah, it's a very good question. And I like that because of the beginning, middle, and the end. Could not be more professional. Get you pumped up. We have answers. I just want to bring something up that I noticed via postings on the internet. That's right, baby. It's like a science thing, right? Exactly like a science thing. Welcome, welcome to the finest morning show in the finest land in the finest studio. A comfortable studio, nonetheless. You're welcome. You are here. We are here. It is Protonic Reversal, and we thank you for it. Got a great show for you this morning. We're going to have Mr. John Yingling of the World Underground on, Brenna. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's create some artificial excitement. Oh. Some polite artificial Woo! excitement. Uh, yeah, it should be pretty great. I'm looking forward to that. I saw the documentary series. Uh, the first episode was on China. So that was uh, very interesting to see uh, punk rock in China. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, get him on the phone and, uh, and and work that out, get all the, get all the kinks out. It's been a, been a little while since it's been in the studio, been a couple weeks. Your and voice is uh, mildly back. 
Sounds it's like it's back tacky. it's back ish. Believe me, considering where it was at before, it's definitely it's, it's a lot more back than it was before. Conan lost his voice. For those I did. Who I was I was rewarded by putting on a, a wonderful three day music festival for people worldwide by getting the flu and being down for a week, and that's that's a whole scene, and that's a. That's a bummer, but it's something that happened nonetheless, and uh, I'm on the rebound. I am stir-crazy, because I've been, I've been unable to do anything other than just convalesce, and it's not my favorite thing in the world. I may need an adult at some point. Platonic reversal, you may need an adult. The no, safe it's just, word I'm, I'm is potato. I'm excited to do the show. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, me too. I'm awake. That's, that's where I'm at. Yes, good. That's, that's, a, that's a plus. We, we like our, our co-host to be awake. There's a sometimes I'm not awake. Uh huh. Sometimes I walk sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous to do in the mission. It is. There's a lot of dangerous things in the mission, and uh, sleepwalking is definitely one of them. I saw a funny thing the other day on my corner. What's that? My very exciting corner that is across from Hooker Fried Chicken. If you guys are not familiar with this, there's a gas station that sells delicious fried chicken in the mission. I live across the street from it. I walk outside, and often I hear people outside of my window. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're just, like, arguing. Sometimes they're talking to each other, not arguing and having fun. Sometimes they're just crazy. So I always have to go through the list of, like, what's happening? Is this person crazy? That's my first assumption slash question. Oh, they're not crazy. Cool. What's happening? (laughs) And I see these men on the corner playing dice. I've never actually seen men playing dice on the street. I love playing dice. Oh, really? That's a pretty common thing uh, on my side of the bay. I mean, it's not you don't see that as often here, I guess. I don't, I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but it was pretty awesome because I love playing dice and they were playing dice literally on the sidewalk and very, very animated dice game. It was very exciting. Was, was, were there, was there heated tension? Was there... No, it was, was like... Was it contentious at all? Maybe a little bit of competitive contention, but it was totally friendly friendly fire. Mm-hmm. Dice rolling. D- dice friendly fire? Jumping up and down excitement. All right. Well, I don't, bets being thrown. They weren't crazy at all. They were just playing dice. It was awesome. Was there money exchanged... Before the game, I kept walking. I didn't see that you, part. You didn't, didn't didn't check it out. Probably. I mean, I kind of wanted to, but then I figured like, girl leering at dice game could invite sort of, like conversations I don't want to have. Mm, yeah, good point. So, good point. You know, that's always my first my my first question is: Is this person crazy? My second question is always: Should I talk to them or not? Is this safe? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a. Uh, those are all good questions. Solid questions, really. But uh, I've recently started to realize that even crazy people can be safe, and it's okay to say hello to them. Even crazy people can be safe. Well, that's very good. Thank you. I'm trying to get myself back in fine voice by doing the standards as much as possible. So anytime I hear a phrase, well, I'm gonna, I'm like, I'll sing it. How I'm going to practice, practice positive reinforcement with get your, you. Get your plosive P practice? Making sure that I... Uh, Congratulate your awesome parts so they keep happening. Are you talking about how we were just at each other's throats last show? <laughs> I listened back to that. It was pretty I don't funny. remember. Oh, it was, it was. It was. I mean, in retrospect, it was funny, but we were. It was very bickery. It was. It was very bickery. A very contentious fiftieth episode in a lot of ways. But uh, that's a good oh, okay. time. Okay. But we'll get back. We'll talk about that. Let's. Uh, for now, let's listen to the austerity program, and uh, we'll be back after this.
weak. He's fucking cool.
In the morning with happy things. That's off of Capricorn. Capricorn is the name of that record. And the name of the band is Happy Fangs, our good friends, friends of the show. Happy Fangs, we like Happy Fangs quite a bit. I think I have a uh, appropriate uh, station ID somewhere around here. I think Protonic the- Reversal. Oh, that's the end of it. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Probably not. That's okay. They're so a great many band. sound bites. So many sound bites. So little time and/or interest from the audience. Uh, but here we go. Hi, I'm Rebecca from Happy Fangs, and you're listening to Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. That's like a science thing, right? Which you might remember from the opening of the show. That's a, oh, I, took, and I also, took that last a little bit and also played uh, ad nauseum. <laughs> and also a movie called Ghostbusters, right? Yes, that's where the name of the show is from, Brenna. You're correct. Uh, before that, we Yay! had. I'm correct. I'm correct. Hooray! Wait, wait, wait. I can, I can give you. Uh, we, can, we, can, we can make that official if you, if you like. Uh, I, oh, I like that one. Cool. Right on. So before that, we had. Uh, what do we have? We had Bottomless Pit with the Cardinal Movements. Before that, we had the Austerity Program with Song 30. Love that austerity program. Don't love that all their songs are like songs 25. Song, it's like, oh, come on. Because I can never remember which one's which. But Oh, that's confusing. It is confusing. Like, I, I admire the, the commitment to an ethos, the commitment to an aesthetic, to being like, oh, we're going to do this thing where we don't have song titles. We just number them. Is but it the same as the track number? No, not at that's all. That's messed up. They <laughs> should be the same bit. as the track number. Oh, because you'd have to start over every album. Yeah, they've been a band for and they yeah, just keep going ten years now. So, well, but it's it's very telling that I suppose that you know they they're not on song four hundred. It's like they're like song thirty something along those lines. Anyway, whatever. Wow. That, is that interesting? I don't think that's interesting. Maybe it is. I don't know. We whatever. could make it interesting. Can we? Can just we throw some curse words and lewd comments in there? It'll be interesting. I swear. <laughs> is that is that what makes it interesting? Yeah, and fried chicken. Cool, right fried on. chicken well, makes fried everything. chicken makes everything interesting. So uh, here we are. We're back. We're back. Heard you missed us. We're back. Did you miss us? Please tune in and let me know that you missed me. <laughs> Please validate me by typing into a small window that will appear into another small window. Over. I need to be validated. It's important. Honk if you like validation. <laughs> that guy likes validation. That's true. Guy knows what's going on. All kind, all kinds of stuff going on in the Radio Valencia studios this morning. Got some people sleeping on the couch. Yeah, Why not? our Why audience. Not? Yeah, sometimes your audience is people sleeping on the couch. Everyone's had that happen. <laughs> sometimes you walk in and people are just crashed out. Hey, what's up? Hey. It's basically a flop house right. around here. Cool. Right on. Everything's just anarchy all the time. Always. That's cool. Yeah, it's like we're it's like we're twenty twenty two again. Yeah, or, it's fantastic. Or from my childhood, seventeen, because all my friends had their own apartments when I was seventeen. Anyway, we're back. It's been a pretty wild and woolly couple weeks. I got oh, yeah. really sick, as, as as I mentioned, but it started off just as complete exhaustion from throwing the uh, PRF West. But it kind of turned into uh, somebody. Somebody was ill, so somebody the, who's somebody? I don't know. Somebody was ill at the PRF West and infected a bunch of people. So then I, I got put down with a really bad 
flu, and I, I don't get sick very often, so it's, it's all the more maddening that I just I couldn't do anything. Although I did watch the entire season of Daredevil on Netflix, which was which was fantastic, but it wasn't necessarily how I was looking to spend my time. That's what happens sometimes with TV series. Sure, but it's I mean I had so much stuff to actually do that it was it was, it was very annoying to me that like you know my. My ears weren't up to snuff. My voice was gone. Like it's like like I, it was all these different things that uh, I couldn't do what I wanted to do because of because of this sickness, and uh, that was a bummer. But I did get to watch the World Underground, which was great. The first episode uh, of China, and uh, we're going to be talking to Mr. John Yingling uh, of the World Underground shortly, probably in about uh, five minutes or so. And uh, it was really good, and I highly recommend it. You can watch it for free. Watch it on Vimeo, YouTube, your you know your your viewer of choice. Because he manages to pull off doing these things and making them, uh, and he—it's sort of a crowdfunded kind of thing. He raises this sort of like, like uh, auctions, raffles, things along those lines, and uh, raises the money for them. And it, it's, it's a really interesting process. Looking forward to talking to him more about that. And uh, yeah, cool. I, I highly recommend it. It's not like a friend rock recommendation. Like it's definitely like this is a legit ass documentary. Like one of the better ones I've seen in a while. It's fascinating. Cool. But of course. PRF West was great. It was a good time. Uh, until I got sick. That was a bummer. <laughs> but it was it was it was great having all the these different bands from all over come by. It was the, these, these things always have like a great vibe. You can just kind of randomly strike up a conversation with anyone. They're usually someone really cool working on cool cool stuff. That's always a nice thing. I experienced a random thing when I came to your show. Where people knew her, who I was from this show. From the radio? And I wasn't expecting that. They walk up and say, hey, it's... I just heard... DJ Real Time Drop. Well... Because that'd be amazing. Thankfully, it didn't happen like that, because that probably would have freaked me out. And I would have <laughs> run away. It was more but like, people, Brenna! And I was like, I hear my name. But, there aren't many Brennas around. But people that didn't know you but listened to the show were over there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, because it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a replicator show. I mean, there was a whole, you know, there was a whole thing. It was a scene for sure. Yeah. I felt a little bit um, intimidated by the scene, although everyone was very lovely and nice. It's very friendly. Very friendly and accommodating. I just found Evan and stuck to him because we have hilarious banter. All right. Well, that's good. And uh, you know, it was a bummer that uh, you know Friday was the only night that ran late, which of course the night that I played. Uh, so that was that was a bit of a bummer, but other than that, it was yeah. a pretty good time. I was really bummed because I had to leave before your set. Yep, or right when it started. I heard the first song, and you, was, you did that for the last Victor and Associates show too. You like 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 left right for the first. Well, song that's because well, right? I didn't feel well. This was because I didn't want to miss the Bart train, and I know Evan yeah. did make the Bart train, but I had to get up at six fifty, so I was like, yeah. I mean, the, my the best laid plans of mice and men, you know you. <sighs> It's it's there's, there's a lot of spinning plates that uh, are transpired for something along those lines as PRF West and the fact that it went off as great as it did is just a testament to the amount of work that went into it really and unfortunately one of the things that slid early because we got a little bit of a late start uh, creating the sound system it's like literally just building a venue out of scratch you know, yeah yeah that place is from, crazy like, the floor up uh, and in the space of a couple hours and. Let's for those who don't know, American Steel is a huge, huge industrial warehouse mm-hmm. in West Oakland that is mostly Burning Man car like 
art cars, right? Um, no, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, types of artists. There's like uh, sculptors, there's welders, there's all kinds of, you know, some of it's Burning Man stuff, some of it's not. I mean, there's definitely like, it's just a place, it's a huge spot where people can just like make whatever. And yeah. That, it's huge. It's, it's, which makes it really interesting to look at because there's art everywhere. There's uh, you know, something you can sit in. There's like the, the leaf bowl chair thing. It's uh, oh, very, very comfortable. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. There's a- I mean, if I was talking to Jordan from Love Moon about, like, it looked like Former some sort of, of show. it looked like some sort of labyrinth, and we were both like, I really want to go explore. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to get in trouble. Although I could probably talk my way out of it, I also was like, I have to go home at a reasonable time. Getting in trouble implies I'm going to have a crazy night, and I can't do that today. Well, and, you know, there's plenty to see at the actual event itself as well, too. And there's lots of, lots of great people, great food. My dad manned the barbecue on Friday. That was great. That's really awesome. <laughs> you did a really good job of it, too. So uh, good, on, good on you, Tori. Uh, thank, you, thank you so much for doing that. Could not be more professional. That's not what I meant to hear, but whatever. I just remembered, um, this is uh, well, something's broadcasting unrelated to PRF. <laughs> it's related Whoa. to dropping the bass. Sort of, yeah, actually. Okay, okay go. I make saw, make I it quick. I saw Panda Bear on Thursday, and it okay. was fucking amazing. Pardon my French. Hmm. It was necessary. Yeah. It was um, at a winery up in Sonoma, <laughs> and there was like Panda Bear tours with... Panda Bear's from Animal Collective, if you're not familiar. Mm-hmm. And he tours with uh, visual specialists that had, like, really crazy, um, like, video in the background that was, like, awesome. And he was playing his new album, Se- Sequential Circuits, which is a really great album, if you guys haven't heard it. It's really great. It was amazing. It was a really great show. I recommend seeing him if you can ever get tickets. The show in San Francisco was sold out, so my roommates and I drove up to Sonoma County. Cool to go see him at it, and we like had a huge party blanket, pot of blanket sat, sat over down here. on a hillside and drank wine and stuff mm. and watched. It was amazing. I recommend seeing the Rutabaga if you can, which they also play PRF West, and we're going to play a song by them, and then when we come back. We're going to talk to Mr. John Yingling from the World Underground. How does that sound? Does it sound all right? I hope that sounds okay. If, you, if you're not too busy, if you're not too busy talking back to each other in the chat box, <laughs> which seems to be happening, uh, this is uh, this is Ladder by the Rutabaga. And come back, we'll be talking to Mr. John Yingling. Yeah, sounds like a plan here on Protonic Reversal Radio Noop.
go. That was uh, Crazed Woman by PK14, a Chinese band that features heavily in the the World Underground documentary series. Before that, real quick, we had The Ladder by the Rutabaga. And joining us on the phone right now, we have none other than Mr. John Engling. Hello, sir. Hello. Thanks for having me. Crowd's going wild right here on uh, the... Radio Valencia Studios, broadcasting RadioValencia.fm, RadioNope.com. I got to say, man, I was really, really impressed. I kind of walked into watching the documentary knowing that I'd kicked down, you know, full disclosure, kicked down some funds for the uh, for the making of it. And, you know, you never quite know what you're going to get. I, I think you had a neat idea with it, but I was like, let's see how this goes. I thought it was fantastic. You did a really great job, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm glad people like it. It was, uh, you know, I didn't know what we were going to get either. That was the thing. It was the first episode, and I honestly had no idea how it was going to go. But, yeah, going on tour with PK-14 really, really kicked it off right, though. Well, and that's one of the reasons, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to play that song is because uh, it, it, it sort of kicks off the documentary. And for those not familiar with it, the documentary is about punk rock in uh, China. And this band, PK-14, they've been around for a long time. They're a very established band, uh, correct? Yeah, 10 years. Over 10 years now. And so for the first uh, for the first bit of do- documentary, you're kind of just following them around. And I know that uh, something that, that was mentioned in there is it's actually atypical in China for uh, touring acts to sort of, like, curate their opening acts, like take an interest in that. Well, it's not. No, they PK-14... I, I don't know if this is changing now, but uh, their drummer actually told me that it's it's not typical for, you know, if, if a band sets up a tour, a lot of times it's, it's labels or there's a company called Splitworks, they, they're in Beijing and Shanghai, uh, they set up openers and, you know, the bar or what have you, but a lot of bands don't curate their opening acts for large tours. Right, which is interesting because it seems like uh, the thing with this PK-14 band is that they're very very vested in the community, and uh, especially uh, the, the one fellow, I, I forget the, the name, who also plays in the other band, who, who uh, records bands and things along those lines. It seemed like the idea of building the, the community and finding the best bands and finding bands that like are interesting and exciting is like an important part of the process to them. Yeah, Yang Song is a producer. He... Uh, has a, he has a label, and he also produces bands. He is now the head of Maybe Mars, which is one of the largest record labels in China. It's, uh, there's really not a whole lot of record labels as far as you know, ones that bring up bands and set up tours, things like that. But yeah, Haizong books, every time PK-14 tours, he books every opening band because he likes to keep an eye on the smaller scenes. Right, I thought that was really. I thought that was really interesting because, uh, and and again, I walked into this not really having a lot of knowledge about the Chinese punk rock scene, which I think is a very common American. Yeah, as most people <laughs> would probably, including myself. Right, because it, all you think about is you hear about like, oh, they're uh, they're an emerging market. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. I have no idea. But <laughs> no, it's it's definitely like it's one of those things that. Uh, uh, it's you hear a lot about it, but you don't really know anything about like okay, what does their counterculture look like? You know, what 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 are the kids up to? Like, what's what's happening there? Because they had this this big cultural revolution, as as, as they call it, 
and uh, it kind of they sort of wiped away a lot of history that and that seems to be a recurring theme within the documentaries is people talking about the fact that you know there's not a lot of like older Chinese history really so much anymore and yeah it's it was interesting to see I mean part of the reason I did this project is you know Vice and all the other major media companies I mean they'll they'll put something out but you know focuses on one or two bands and it and it's very sensationalized part of the reason I'm doing this project is to stick 30, 40 bands in every one of these episodes and, you know, stay for two months instead of a week or two and try to get a, you know, real sense of what's actually happening. And that's, yeah, and that's the thing that I, I found kind of interesting about it is that you kind of did get a feel for like, okay, so this is, there are all these kids that are sort of growing up uh, and they're they're into punk rock and they're, and they're making bands and things along those lines, but they don't have access to things like Spotify and YouTube and they don't have like all the instant access that is just sort of like taken for granted here in America now. So they have to sort of like make their own entertainment to a certain degree and it kind of develops on its own because of that in its own way. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. A lot of the a lot of the kids don't bother with the uh, VPNs, virtual private networks, so you can get on Facebook and what have you. But when you're online in China, you go to like the Google of China. I think it's called Baidu. I mean, you can tell that it's not that you're not seeing, you know, more than thirty percent of what's really out there. It's weird. Like you Google normal stuff that we would look at in America, and it, it's just not there. Right, because it's all got to be like state approved, or at least like go past the, you know, the the the, the censorship or uh, you know, the, the governmental approval of what these search results are. And it brought, I, I think, if I remember correctly, it's even like oh, things that are seen to be like possibly seditious or uh, contentious views towards the government itself. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're cutting out wide swaths of all sorts of stuff. I don't even know. I mean, I. I still don't know what the hell's going on. You know, I've, I've, with the second trip, I've spent about four or five months there, and I, I just still really have no idea. I mean, it would take, it would take a while. You know. Yeah, uh, and and that's so. You had not actually been to, you had not actually been to China before. I guess we should say, right? You, this was, was I, your first trip. I had never been outside of the country at all. China was my first trip out of the country. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty intense. So huh? this is kind of like diving in feet first, full bore, yeah. head first. Yeah, you're like, I don't crazy. care if I break my neck. I'm just going for it. No, that was that was part of it too. It's like if I'm really gonna do this, I might as well just get ridiculous with it and go big. China, China stems from a lot of things. I mean, I I interviewed a band called Handsome Furs in 2011, and they had just got off of a huge Asia tour. And they freaked out about China, and that's kind of when I dug and I found Josh Viola's website, PongBR, and Josh was actually the one that lined me up with uh, Nevin Domer, who runs Genjing Records and helps with Maybe Mars, and he's the one that introduced me to PK-14 in the first place. Right, and uh, you know, some of these folks are, are in the documentary as well, and that's something I found interesting is that all the people you see in the documentary that are you know, Western characters, if you will, they all have like a, a deep abiding uh, enthusiasm and love for the for the Chinese music scene and are, are very enthusiastic about it. Uh, with like without exception, it seems. And yeah. is, I mean, is that something that you see a lot? Is there like you know, I know you you, you document a lot of shows on this uh, on on this 
episode, and it kind of seemed like there was always at least like you know one or two, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, like white people just around, just like big smiles on their face, like rocking out and having a good time, and, and just really into it. Yeah, I mean, I tried to stay away from, you know, it's not really my scene to hang out with, you know, the expats that are sitting in their high-rise apartments and eat, you know, pizza and burgers, obviously. I mean, there's a huge chunk of expats in China that do that, but, you know, that's just nothing that would be on my radar. Well, but, it's not, it's also you know, not the focus too of of what your documentary is. It's not about ex- they they feature into the story, but it's not about the expats. It's about you know the it's yeah. about the kids, it's about the music scene, it's about the bands. Yeah, I mean the the expats and stuff that are there that go into the music scene. You know they they dive in at first and they get you know super enveloped into it because uh, why would you do anything else? You're in China, you know. Yeah, and it, it seems like that there was. What I liked too is I like seeing the different stories from the different bands. Like you have uh, the oh, they were talking about the uh, I don't even know how you say the word, but the the, the you were talking to like one of the bands and they were talking about that is the Gao Cow. Is that how you say it? like they have this? There's this thing in China that they Go How do you say it? Go How. Go How. And can you explain this a little bit for the listeners? I'm going to butcher it otherwise. <laughs> Gohao is Chinese entrance exams. It's sort of like the SAT, but times 50. Like, it's it's completely crucial. Like, if you do not pass this, you're pretty much done, I guess. And, you know, your, your parents are pushing for it. Everybody's pushing for you to pass this, and there's so much stress behind it right. that, yeah, the, <laughs> that was a great story. The, the kid actually locked himself... Uh, or the the teacher locked this kid into a room to to study and get ready for the gohao, and he ended up crawling out the window and, and chose to escape, and went to a, a friend's house, and you know that's how he became a drummer. He, yeah, he went to a friend's house in like a, a small neighboring city, who was like a problem youth, I guess. So he said, and there was just a really crude old jinbo drum set. And that's that's how he became a drummer. He just stayed in there and practiced drums. <laughs> wow, which is fantastic, and it's such an interesting story. It's so different from what you would hear, you know, culturally from if you were just interviewing a band in the U.S. or something along those lines, because that's something that is is kind of unique to that culture. And uh, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really fascinating, and it, it's something that I noticed over and over again is that. It kind of seems like China itself is like a little bit in, like in flux in this kind of like time of change. And the, the fellow you talked to, the uh, the guy from uh, was it SMZB, the the punk rock band that uh, yeah Wu Wei, yeah, man, that that was an interesting that was an interesting guy because it seems like that guy's got a real long view of of what's been going on, and it, it kind of almost seems like. You know, when we're talking about seditious acts and things not agreeing with the, the party line or something along those lines, it seems like that guy is almost, you know, the, the, the stuff he's talking about is sort of almost taking his life in his hands to a certain degree. Well, Wu Wei, I mean, he's a very opinionated guy. He, Wuhan is a crazy city. I mean, it's, it's just constant construction and cranes everywhere. One of my favorite bits in Wuhan was uh, I was walking around and there was this 
this huge construction site, and right in the middle of it, there's there's this girl making like breakfast, pancake, pastry type things, like right in the middle of just shit show construction. But Wu Wei was in and still is in SMZB, which is I I I don't know if it's the longest running punk band in China, but yeah, they are they are the original dudes. And he runs a bar called Wuhan Prison, sells the uh, the elusive beetle nut, which is sort of like a stimulant that you chew. It's really strange. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's a cool bar. I mean, I don't know. I liken Wuhan to to sort of like uh, Chicago drunken antics, or like you know Milwaukee bars or something. Sure, like, sure. You don't really remember going home, and uh, yeah. It's the, the drinking culture in China is pretty, pretty intense. So, wh- what's the difference between a place like a? I noticed there was like a, a marked disparity in like the in the Wuhan segments. They were talking about the difference in Wuhan and Beijing and how they uh, kind of compare and contrast uh, between between the two. It seemed like Beijing was considered the more cosmopolitan. Is that like more like a like I don't know, like a New York or San Francisco analog in in the culture over there? Yeah, I mean, Beijing is is the scene you know beijing and shanghai they're the two biggest scenes all of the other scenes are are really small you know you even in like chengdu where i was brought with pk14 that uh the sichuan area you know you have these great bands like stolen and high person and they're just amazing but realistically there's one or two bars tops i think chengdu has you know two real live houses and maybe a handful of bands i mean all these small cities they just there's there's no critical mass of venues and bands like even milwaukee or missoula montana where i am now it's a small city but you got six seven venues and you know two dozen bands i mean it just it just doesn't exist yet in china but actually ever since that first trip it's interesting to watch the progression of china itself even since i went there there's 20 new venues that are on the map for touring bands and That's with high speed trains I mean people people can get there in a few hours because they go you know, 300 kilometers per hour yeah and it can, is the, the another thing that got me is everyone's traveling by train too that's the thing I thought was I was like wow how different that's that's totally wild yeah it's awesome the, the high speed trains are a game changer for touring I mean it's insane to get on there and and Go six hundred kilometers in, in two hours. I mean, that's yeah. Jeez, where was where where was that in the replicator tours yeah, in two thousand two? I want I want that here. Why don't we have that here? Profit. I don't know why we don't have that. It's insane. America is uh, gonna step her game up. I know it's it's. I know it's we're getting left nuts. behind. No child left behind. That worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing I, th- I thought was interesting is that. You know, you, you talk in, in the documentary, you don't just talk you know, to the bands, you talk to other artists and things along those lines. And there, was, there was the one guy kind of early on that was just talking about how culture has, like, given his viewpoints and how culture has changed and how everyone's, just, you know, got a smartphone now and they're all just, like, looking at their smartphone and clued in on that and they're not really necessarily interacting with everyone else. And the thing, thing that was interesting is it's such an analog for how things are here and, and complaints you have people here that like you know oh, look up look up you know don't you know it, it kind of seems like as much as culturally things are very 
very different and they're, they're kind of cloistered off from certain information streams without like you know going to like extra work to find it i thought it was it was it was interesting to see that like some of the same i guess complaints that you would have are also true over there but it's kind of manifested itself in a very different way and uh is that something like a smartphone culture like a big deal over there yeah, it's exactly it's exactly the same as over here. I mean, I don't know. You and I, we grew up in sort of a different age where you had a phone, and it was just as Louis C.K. would say, the phone. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> so, but yeah, a lot of the stuff was was really similar. I mean, even people people ask me all the time, "Oh, how were shows there? Was it crazy different?" But it really wasn't. I mean, you, you'd go in, the show would start late, there's a sound guy and a bunch of shitty LED lights, and <laughs> it, a lot of the stuff ran exactly the same. So right. It was, it, it was interesting how similar everything was. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, stark differences, like the mass of people, I mean, to get on a train in some of those cities, uh, it, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, just thousands of people all trying to get on the same train. Well, and so and the thing that I guess if I would like one of the larger takeaways I would take from watching the World Underground China episode was that just the depth and variance of the different kinds of music that were in there. I mean, there was like, you know, it's all it wasn't like necessarily a uh, sound analog for any one particular scene or anything. There were still hardcore bands. There was like, you know, kind of like post punk new wave bands. There was like crazy power noise. There was like it seemed like there was like some some kind of some there was like that one band that uh you know definitely had like the oh we're really nihilistic and you know we we have like a the, the sort of sex pistol sort of philosophy which is very cute that i thought i forget which which band that was but uh, the, but the band that like had a, yeah and they had the, the the little tiny drummer she was like she looked like she all like three foot tall something along those lines oh that was hedgehog yeah one of my favorites they've, they've been a band for a long time too you know i, I tried to mix up there has been a couple documentaries on China, and, you know, they all focus on Cars to Cars, Hedgehog, PK-14, and Subs. So, you know, between Josh Viola and Nevin Domer throwing contacts at me, I dug through all their old articles and sort of found a mix of the old and new. But I also kind of wanted to mix it up, and, you know, there was a lot of bands that aren't even in the thing that I love. Like, Big Wave are sort of like a 80s television-style new wave band and yeah it was it was tough i mean i could have made the thing three hours long if i really wanted to well and that's i think that's something that kind of speaks to your credit too because the doc it's very easy to document something like this and just have it be a sprawling mess where there's no really narrative structure or uh very important very important along. details narrative structure yeah and i felt that uh, i felt you did a really good job with that because it kind of seemed like it was sort of like this is these this is the scene of all these disparate bands that you know some of them share a part of a community and they 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 are uh, in each other's lives, and some of them aren't. But they all kind of have this idea of this thing that they want to make that ultimately is DIY. Although the idea of DIY itself is kind of means something a little different out there. Like it hasn't, it's not as prevalent and I guess taken for granted as it is here. Yeah, and I thought it's, it's really different there. I mean, there there really isn't a whole lot of DIY stuff going on because you know, since you watch the film. Josh Viola is spot on. I mean, 
the bands that are popular and that get past a certain cusp of attention, it's because of a label like maybe Mars or, right. you know, a label that'll bring them over and have them play a festival in America like Karstic Cars and TK14 have done. But, yeah, DIY, I mean, there's really only one spot that I know about, and it's, it's outside of Beijing in Tongzhou. It's called the Dirty Monster Club. It's ran by this guy, Spike, who was in a band called Demerit. I think they're still around, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's really the only place that I know about that has the sort of aesthetic of just having a show and, you know, beer, bring your own beer. Although I think, I think they have a bar, too, but... Yeah, it's amazing because there's so many huge practice spaces and, like, bomb shelter recording studios. You'd think they'd just throw 50 kids in there and charge the equivalent of $5 and have a show, but they just they just don't. Well, and it's, I think I thought it was very telling that, that there was the one girl, and you have to apologize if I forget the name for the band that she was in, but she was just talking about how you, you're talking about our band could be your life and how, like, that, you know, that book should be translated to Chinese and maybe that would get some give people some ideas for like what you can actually do with what you have yeah. rather than waiting for someone to hand it to you. That was uh that was Zaza of After Argument and actually her uh her favorite band is Shellac and her favorite drummer is Todd Trainer, which I found pretty nice. funny. But um yeah, she she's amazing. She was like one of my favorite people immediately. Super nice and that Yanghai song from PK fourteen, that's his other band. And they actually run a label together that's very DIY called Sharing Obstacles. But yeah, I actually emailed that clip to, to Azerod, Michael Azerod, the author of Our Band to Be Your Life, and he freaked out. And, you know, we went back and forth for the last four or five months trying to see if we can get that book translated to Chinese. That's awesome. So that's that actually a thing. Cool. That's actually a thing that might happen now. That's really awesome. That's wow. That might happen. I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough because. Other people own the rights, and, you know, it's, I, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but we'll see. I'm, I'm pushing for it. I'm bothering him constantly. <laughs> I, actually, uh, I actually emailed him and tried to get some copies of the book in the Indonesia fundraiser, and he's on vacation. So he's super busy. So, and that's something that I, that I do want to want to talk to uh, a little bit more is that. So this is, I mean, this isn't just a one-off thing. This is a thing. There's there's a series of these, and the next one you have is Indonesia, and you're currently raising funds for that one. So why Indonesia? Why did why did that become the, the one that you, the next one in the series? Like what attracted well, you to that? Indonesia, Indonesia is actually episode four. It's it's right. a long story, but I guess we have some time. Uh, when I went back the second time. Um, that was to document two Beijing noise bands that I met on the first trip. So on the first trip, I met a guy named Dan Gamer. He's in a, a noise sort of blues horror punk band called Gui Gui Sui Sui. And he, he like circumvent a Game Boy and adds that in. But I met him in Beijing on the first trip. And when I got back, I, I was sort of bitching about the food in Montana and I joked that he should bring me over and help film his tour in Korea and Japan. And he agreed. He was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. We'll run a fundraiser. <laughs> so, there you go. yeah, I don't know. We, we ran a quick fundraiser. It was like a 20-day thing with, he has this other website called Aweway, and that's a Korean thing that he started uh, in Seoul with a guy named Ollie. And yeah, it was it was insane. We raised like two grand, fifteen hundred bucks in twenty days, and I went back over, and 
he was the one. He was the catalyst to Indonesia. He sent me one guy's Facebook link. His name's Toko Antagonist. Uh, <laughs> it's the band that he's in offhand. But, yeah, he, uh, he posted the trailer for China, and I woke up to, like, 30 friend requests on Facebook from Indonesian kids. Like, what are you nice. coming wow. over? Cool. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah that, what's next for you? It was kind of insane. But, yeah, I, I've dug around, and, yeah, I don't know. Indonesia is going to be intense. And I got, you know, a, a whole slew of Chinese art and Obit Japan tour CDs and all sorts of stuff that people have donated. So Yeah, and just to... To, to, to be clear, at, at the time of, of us talking about this right now, is you are running the fundraiser right now. Uh, that's on. You, if you go to Indiegogo, uh, the World Underground episode four Indonesia, and, and we'll put a link to it in the in the chat box. You can uh, contribute now, and there's all kinds of uh, things that are. You can get a, a shout out. You can get digital download, like an Obits limited tour CD, some midget rub. Which is great. Yeah, that was at the PRF Barbecue West, by the way. That was uh, well represented with the midget rub. And uh, I can't wait to throw that at people. <laughs> Indonesia, Indonesia is going to be intense. I mean, it's it's going to be very different from anything else I've done so far. You know, DIY to the bone. There's really no proper venues. These kids set up shop in like a warehouse. They have a show. Half the time they get kicked out because you know the whoever they rented it from is an into it i mean it's it's going to be a lot different from any of the other ones that i've done so far well i think and i think that's interesting that i mean because for me well first of all i got to say that uh, watching the china episode the, th <laughs> the thing that got me going the most on was i was like oh man i really miss touring that was immediately but that's that's me and that's my my initial selfish thought because I've devoted so much of my adult <laughs> life to doing that because I just I, I thought you really got a sense of the adventure of these different cities and the the character of these different scenes and these different bands that it was it was exciting and then then it would just hit me I'm like wow these this is like a, the other side of the world that's nuts that like you know this all this is happening and you know and I, and I guess the, the the question I have here is that like do you find that like people are like getting into the bands. Are they like? Are there are there people that are like, hey, I you know I really love, uh, I you know the, the Hedgehog, or I really love the PK14. They're awesome. Like, are, are do you find that like are these bands like is is the documentary kind of bringing a new audience to these bands, or is it just too daunting for people? I think it is. Yeah, I mean, the best part about the project is I've made it really really easy for people to find the stuff, even in the credits section of the website, I mean, there's 50, 60 links, and then there's a connect page on the World Underground where you can find Genjing Records and maybe Mars, and, you know, it's I've, I've made it pretty easy, but, you know, it's things are opening up a lot more on America then, too. If you Google Hedgehog Band, you'll find their band camp. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was as I was kind of mining for music for the show, like I sort of found that like, oh, some some of these bands are actually not that difficult to find now, which I don't know if that was the, the case before. But That's cool. Yeah, it's, getting, it's getting easier because maybe Mars and Genjing Records. I mean, Nevin Domer and Josh Fiola have done a lot to sort of spread this out into our plane of view on Google or what have you. It's it's really nice. So. So John, talk to, talk to me. How, how, what can we do to help make sure that you just kind of do this for a living and like visit different countries and make awesome things? Like just contribute to the fundraiser. Like what the what, what, what can we do? Can we uh, 
What what did yeah. you? Yeah, the the fundraisers. You know, that's that's the main jam. I mean, I I thought that there would be uh, because I the point of this project really is to release each episode and get enough in donations. So I thought that putting okay, there's a suggested donation of five dollars would do it. And you know, the YouTube video has four thousand views, but I think I've got about. $120 in donations. So, <laughs> it's definitely not one-to-one, but, you know, I, I didn't expect it to be, but, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm really not disappointed. There's been great response and some headlines like that Daily Dot article where I never thought that that would be a real headline ever for my own project. But, yeah, you know, I'm not sure. Donate to the fundraiser, spread it around. I mean, word of mouth is really all it needs. If somebody wants to throw some money at me and, and not have a shitty corporate logo added to it, which I never want to do, I mean, I'd, I'd gladly accept. So, I don't know. Maybe we got to find a, a rich... Uh you need a, China guy yeah, you need a sugar it. daddy. Yeah, you need, you need some benefactors. <laughs> you, need, you need a Miss Haversham <laughs> in your life. <laughs> or a sugar yeah, mama. It's, it's tough, but, you know, I'll, I'll do these fundraisers all day. I, I don't care. I mean, people are into it. I do record packs and spread around good stuff to good people. It's it's kind of exhausting to keep doing them, and, it you know, it's, it's harder as Facebook gets crappier, and it's sort of like shouting at a wall sometimes. But Oh, yes, it you is. Know, in, in the end, what are you going to do? I, I can't do anything else. Do you have a yeah. long-term plan that you're hoping this goes towards in the, you know, like... I don't know. I guess I'm asking, like, is this something that you just kind of see where it goes and take whatever is next as it comes, or do you have, like, a goal in mind for the future? Well, there's a lot of different people that have reached out. Serbia, Israel, Russia, and this just launched about a month ago. I mean, I, I have a lot of things on the list, but Indonesia sort of came out of nowhere, and they were so excited that I had to put it on the front burner. So I yeah. think as we go along, it seems like each episode will reveal itself to me as we go along. Yeah. So I'm going to release, you know, the tour documentary will be episode two. Episode three will be Missoula, Montana. And by the time I get to editing and releasing Indonesia, I'll, I'm sure I'll have a really clear idea of where episode five and six are going to be. Yeah. So I guess yeah, you, it's it's just kind of like roll with the punches, sort of like see where the day takes you, sort of sort of plan. Uh, I, I know yeah. you, you you ultimately have a plan. I know for uh, doing an episode on Chicago as well. But did you have like other countries that would be the? Uh, you know, I I don't know why it sounds like you're you're wrestling a balloon, but it, it, it really does. <laughs> it really does. I was thinking I'm hamster, sure. but uh, that's actually more accurate. <laughs> It's just like Montana. It. Gotta love Montana. <laughs> I have a friend that lives in Missoula, and he's super into like. Um, well, I always thought of it as like crust punk music, but it. it he, what did he call it? Um, oh, I forgot what it's called. Folk punk. Folk punk. Those, those are not yeah, the there's, same there's things. A good bit of that, but Missoula's got some really great bands. Magpies, who play at the. Uh, last year at barbecue i think it was two years ago in chicago they played on a rooftop uh king elephant who are now defunct but that's joey running crane he's got a new band called joey running crane and the dirty birds 
There's cool. a lot of really good stuff going on in Missoula. I'm pretty excited to. I like Missoula a lot. That out. Actually, I think I think Missoula is a great fucking town, and uh, it's, it's my friend Mitchell is happy there. Yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. I, I, I like it there a lot. I think it's a gem. Um, yeah, we drank at the VFW. We did. I actually <laughs> not the last time I hung with John, but uh, time before that, uh, we uh, drank at the VFW in uh, Missoula, Montana. After wow. coming from Deadwood, that's cool. That day, yeah. I've heard that um, Turkey has a really cool s- scene. I don't know if you've ever looked into that or anything but my friend um her dad lives in istanbul she's told me that istanbul has a really cool punk scene i don't know awesome yeah i'm excited i mean i i as the word spreads i I keep getting hit up by different people and yeah i don't know i mean the the long-term plan really is just keep what keep doing what i'm doing i mean by the time i edit and put out the next three episodes i should be ready to go on the next three cool i mean yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to think of other, of other ways I can help. Certainly, we'll the uh, Proton Commercial will do the best we can to uh, spread the word. And I, I think you know it's with a lot of times with crowdfunding appeals, people get like really turned off to it because like, oh, money, money, yeah, yeah, I get it. But like the thing is, you've got like a, a finished product that's there and is awesome. Like that's that people can like check out at any time. And I think as soon as somebody actually takes the time out of their busy or perceived to be busy lives and watches the damn thing, I think that they would definitely be like, I'm in. You know, mm-hmm. let, let's uh, yeah. let, let's let's do this. What's next? Yeah, that's, I think that's going to help a lot. I mean, having a, a thing in your brain is one thing, and really, for the last two years, I've just been basically being like, "No, it's going to be awesome!" I swear, and I, I didn't realize how crazy this might have sounded to someone that doesn't have the idea fully in their head. But now that it's up, I can just sort of throw it at people and say, "Yep, that's this is what this is." No, I'm- and by the way, awesome side note: there's. I'm in an alley right now, and there's two deer just staring at me. <laughs> Whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> They're just staring at me, eating grass. Well, and again, in the interest of full disclosure, I just remember, like, yeah, you, you, you had this idea, and you, know, you got a layover, and we, uh, Evan and I took you for a burrito over in the Mission, about a block away from uh, the Radio Valencia studio, actually. And Which taqueria? Uh, Cancun. Oh, oh, that's the one. And then just... Dropped you off to the airport. I was like, all right, here you go on this crazy freaking adventure. I guess let me know how it works on the other side. And, I mean, how, like, that's just got to be, it's like the functional equivalent of, like, jumping out of a plane and, like, hitting the ripcord, right? I mean, it's, it's, I can't even fathom what that must feel like when you started off on this. Like, yeah, it was, it was difficult because, the idea was clear in my head, and luckily I've had a ton of people from Chicago and around the world support what I do and, and you know believe in the fact that I could do it. But even I thought it was a crazy idea because it was. I mean, I, I basically <laughs> just raised a bunch of money and like, yeah, no, I swear, I'll go film bands in China. Like, it, it sounds crazy, but it just, it worked, luckily. I don't know, a lot of people made it happen, though. I mean, Nevin and Josh were crucial. It was it was a collective effort of a lot of people just doing crazy stuff. It's awesome. Well, and it's sort of like the thing that I, th- I think is kind of amazing. And again, I kind of touched on it earlier. I think people can kind of focus on the. Uh God, this balloon wrestling is going to kill me. I tell you, it's just it's just too much. The uh, people can focus on just like the fundraising aspect of it, but the fact that it is ad free, up for anyone to watch anytime. You don't have to be a Netflix survi- uh, survivor. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow, that's kind of more accurate. 
I am a Netflix survivor. I survived Netflix. Can we get T-shirts made? Yep. Uh, that, 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 that would be like my, what my T-shirt would say after being sick for the last week. Because <laughs> I that's survived pretty much, Netflix. I survived Netflix. Um, no, but it, it, it's not. You know, it's not something where it's a pay service on Hulu. It's not something where you have to sign in as a Netflix. Like it, it's just it's out there for to see. Like the best aspects of punk rock are, it's right there for anyone that wants it. To, they can just check it out, and boom, there you go. It's 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 right there, and I think that's amazing because you don't see a whole lot of that uh, these days, and I think it's actually kind of remarkable, and I, I think it's also something that people will, as you do more of them, I think people will kind of come around more and kind of figure out, oh, it's not just this vague concept of a thing. It's like no, this is a thing that actually exists. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's tough to take all that work and just throw it up for free, but really, in the end, people paid for me to go to China, you know, so the trip itself, I mean, that was, that was worth it, but to put it up for free, I mean, I, I, what do I care? I mean, I, I fully realize that this is my life now, and I just... I don't, I, it's all I want to do. I mean, if I sit on a computer for a thousand hours, I can either sit and watch Netflix or I could do something that <laughs> actually makes me happy. Right, exactly. You know? So, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I don't care about my time anymore, to be honest with you. I really don't. I just want to keep doing it. That's great. And you're, I mean, this subject comes up a lot, like the idea of doing something something you love until you can live off of it. I mean, do you feel like you're that's a sustainable idea for you right it now? Feels sustainable to me in my own brain, but I'm a crazy person, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I think you're right in the sense that if I keep doing it and I push hard enough, you know, and eventually maybe enough people will get behind it. Um, I'm just not sure. It's it's really impossible to say. But honestly, this Indonesia fundraiser is pretty crucial because that'll that'll at least get a push to have three more episodes come out. And I think that'll that'll be a good start. I mean, I think China's a good start, but eh, I'm not sure. I I have no idea. I just got to keep doing it, and I I think uh, something will happen eventually. I mean, yeah, I've I that's a positive. I think that's the right way to look at it, at least from all the interviewees we've had on on the show, and the subject comes up a lot, a lot as it's I've a running said. Theme, yeah. It's a thing that I think about a lot, so that's probably how it's come up a lot, but it seems like the answer is always the same from people that are in it right now, or they've done it and they're successful now, and they're on the other side where they're like, yeah, I did this, and it's kind of just a... I love this, and I just kept doing it. And then all of a sudden, I hit a milestone where I realized that this is my life, and I'm able to like sustain myself off of this. And that's pretty amazing because it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a ton of money saved or some sort of like, oh shit, bank account. I mean, it's it's just not there. And I, I don't know. It's it's a little tough for me to keep doing these fundraisers because it gets harder and harder right. every time. You know, the internet's just a mess now. Like, everybody <laughs> wants... Ain't oh, the truth. This thing. Vote for me, but I, I, don't, I don't care about really swallowing my pride and, and I'll keep running fundraisers if I have to. But, 
I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know of anyone that has a bunch of money that would just give it to me without wanting to put a logo or, or right. something ridiculous before or after the film. And honestly, I, I don't want to sound crass, but I, I don't really want to do that. That's not crass. No, no, that's that's a that's, that's a commitment to the to the brand. You know, that's, that's keeping totally it pure. Reasonable. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all, man. Don't apologize about this show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be different if if there was like a a larger corporation that I could get behind that wanted uh, you know an ad or or something. But the, one of the best parts about the world underground is there's just zero zero ads. You know, YouTube has their own ads or whatever. They're monetizing however they are, but. There's three different ways to watch the thing. You can pay six bucks and download it free and clear. Yep. Share it with whoever you want. So it's 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 impossible to say what's going to happen. But yeah, I wouldn't be averse to to someone joining in on this. But it's just they got to have the right ethos and the right way of doing things. Or I'll I'll just never consider it. I would rather run fundraisers and annoy the shit out of everybody. <laughs> I mean, I think if you just keep putting that out there, eventually something will come to you. It never seems to happen in the way that you necessarily picture it in your mind. At least that's my experience in life. But I well, think, I you mean, know, like, yeah. if you ask for something, it will be provided to you eventually. It just requires a great deal of hard work. I mean, if, you, if you'd ever told me when I was in high school that I'd be making records with Dale Cover from the Melvins, I would have I would have not been able to process what it was you were saying. You know, like, life takes funny turns sometimes. It's true. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because in Missoula, about a month and a half ago, Brendan Canty from Fugazi premiered his film on Wilco in Missoula, Montana. That's awesome. And my girlfriend and I went, and we were like, why the hell is this happening? And I actually met Brendan... When Deathstick played a show in Boise, Idaho, yeah, at yeah. Newport, and I told him about the project when it wasn't—I don't think I had even left then. So I just probably sounded like a drunken weirdo asshole. <laughs> but I saw him in Missoula, and he was the one that brought up to. Uh, oh man, I, I forget Sam Green, who did a, a great film on the Guinness Book of World Records. But he was standing next to Sam Green. He's like, "Oh, I met this kid in Boise, Idaho," and yeah. he kept on me like, "Oh, send me your film, send me your film." So like, it cool. was weird to be in Montana and have the drummer of Fugazi excited right. about the project. Who's a, that's really so, cool. Was, Who's a talented filmmaker in his own right too. Uh, yeah, great, great, yeah, great he, guy that he's Brendan. Making, he's making films, and he actually did that Burn to Shine series. Yep which yep. was one of the first things that I saw that it was like, oh, man, this is this is great. But, that's really yeah, cool. Was, yeah, that's cool. That's that's oh, a summation no. of that argument. <laughs> I, I lost. I, I didn't mean to put a end to that. Yeah. No, and I, you know, like I said, I don't know. I, I think it's I think you're doing good work, man. And it's I'm, I'm excited to see what's next. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about what. These these episodes, these other episodes that are coming up, I don't know what to expect from them, but I, I guarantee you, I'm gonna not sleep on on watching those, and uh, I'll, I'll help get the word out for sure. I'm trying to go- be really good. I mean, the uh, the Korea and Japan tour documentary is gonna be really different from China, and then we'll go to Missoula, which will obviously be super different than the first two. And Indonesia, I think, will be the craziest one yet. I mean, that's gonna be super DIY super interesting. I don't even really know what I'm jumping into on that yet. Yeah, are you going to get... 
for the Missoula one, are you going to get the? I, I think Total Fest it's the last one this year, right? Are you going to get any of that stuff? Yeah, but I haven't even I haven't even started editing. I have a new camera that I can't even edit the footage on. That's part of what this fundraiser is all about: is trying to get uh, a new editing system. Oh, Nothing that's crazy. important. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I can't even. I load up like five clips from this new camera, and it just crashes. So <laughs> I can't even do anything right now. That's a bummer. It sucks. But I'm going to organize, my, my plan of action is really to organize the hell out of everything and be able to edit it a lot quicker because I learned a lot from, you know, editing episode one. But I'm hoping that I can get everything organized and then by the time I'm done with Indonesia, I'll just jump in and start editing them and hopefully by early next year, I'll be ready to release some more. Yeah, so uh, I think... I, well, I'm definitely going to kick in on your on your Indiegogo uh, when I get paid tomorrow, too. Uh, as uh, Lindsay said she was going to as well. So well, that's two more drops in the bucket, <laughs> for sure. I'm trying to think of other ways other than encouraging every listener here to uh, go to Indiegogo and uh, support World Underground Indonesia. Man, if someone can get $60,000 for making potato salad, I think you can. <laughs> that was my thought. That was my thought. People can, like, I, can we double that? Can we do that? Like, I think it could happen. I mean, also, also, like, you know, crazy antics actually do work with people. Something that's just so ridiculous that it's like, if you get to the point where you're tired of doing fundraisers, just do something so off the wall that everyone will pay attention. And I swear it'll work. That's just how we're... I don't know. That's just how people are. I mean, I guess that, that in some ways compromises maybe your own, like, um, ethic towards it i mean you don't want to make light of what you're doing but it could be something like potato salad you'd be like oh have dinner with but people like nonsense and they like contrarian things that is a nonsense contrarian thing so it hits all the criteria i actually think that i have strong feelings about that shocking nobody i Uh, i know you do and i actually know that guy's brother and he's an artist in in the mission and it's really funny because he's like you know, not struggling by any means, but he's trying to get his name out there. And his brother like yeah. makes potato salad and gets <laughs> God damn national it. recognition. I make potato salad in Indonesia. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you should totally spoof. Actually, that guy um, ended up taking that sixty thousand dollars and making a fun, like a, f- um, not a fun. Yeah, I guess like a fun for uh, art in school. Mm. In. In Ohio, I think that's where he's from. Bully for him. That's good. So, having nothing to do with the potato salad, unless you change your your Indiegogo video, John. uh, Make potato salad in Indonesia. That sounds hilarious. There you go. You should bring that guy with uh, something brown. His last name's brown. I don't remember. Bring him with you. Maybe he can get... Get, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Get, get, no, it's interesting. There's a there's a perk actually for twenty bucks. I'll, I'm gonna have uh, my girlfriend Julia draw people's names, like whatever band names or what have you, and we'll take photos of them in uh, interesting places like street stalls. Oh, that's cool. Or that's awesome. Or crazy mosh pits, but yeah, a bunch of people have gotten that. Like Liz, who's a very avid Chicago. Liz Bustamante. Yes. Yeah, she's amazing. She's always been really supportive. It's uh, it's been great. You've got some pretty cool perks on there. Vintage postcards from Montana. Yep. Yeah, I would actually really recommend people to take a look at Tony Chung's art. It's unbelievable. But yeah, you can get that. He he just mailed me a package. It should be here in about a week. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, uh, I got to say, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'll be kicking in myself tomorrow when I, when I get paid to uh, uh, help help fund help fund Indonesia. I'm trying to think of other other ways I can help. I just get, get encourage all the listeners to uh, you know kick, kick in a few shekels. Come yeah. on, do it. Just, just spread the word. I mean, all it needs now is word of mouth. But thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's, it's been great talking to you, man. It's, it, it, I think you're doing good work. I think it's really, it's interesting, and I think if everybody who's listening hasn't seen it, you should check it out. Uh, check out the check out the first episode. You'll you'll be hooked. It's you'll, you'll immediately want to go watch more, and that's <laughs> that takes money. Thank you, Conan. I will see you the next time I get stranded at LAX. <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Take care, John. You too. Bye now. There he goes. My foot has been asleep for the last hour. The balloon wrestler himself, (laughs) Mr. John Yingling of the World Underground. Uh, Check that out, Indiegogo. I'm going to get my friend. My friend Ashley is a filmmaker in in Portland, Oregon. I'm going to text her as soon as we leave here to go and watch this because I think it'll be inspiring. So you can go to theworldunderground.com. That's where you can... can Get the uh, da- a download of the movie. You can watch it. Uh, there's links to the Vimeo and the YouTube and that. And uh, you know, it's. It, 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 I said I watched it last night after putting it off for like weeks because <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that. Well, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. And I was like, I better freaking watch that. He's gonna be on the show tomorrow, and it was I, it was awesome. It yeah. was completely awesome, like in every possible way. Not friend rock thing at all, and uh, highly recommended. So uh, I tell you what, um, it's so easy to forget about like the crazy stuff in the rest of the world. Not just like what's in the news, but the fact that other people have really awesome art, other cultures have really awesome art and things going on. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's listen to uh, one of the bands from the World Underground Volume One, China. This is a uh, Hedgehog. We talked about earlier. This is a Tesla. And uh, we'll we'll be back uh, after after some music. How about that? Sounds good. Cool. It's Hedgehog off of the Tesla EP. Song is called Tesla.
Black Holes Metronome. And before that, we had Hedgehog with Tesla off of the Tesla EP. Both of those Chinese bands that you can see in World Underground, Volume 1, China. Which I saw last night for free. Free, people. Come on. Or you can pay $6 and help fund the next episode. Yeah, if, you, if you're not, uh, you know, if, you, if you're charitably minded like that. Uh, Indonesia's the next one coming up. I'm telling you. It's good stuff, friends. It sounds really awesome and inspiring. I 
It's really easy to forget about all the amazing stuff going on all over the world when we're so focused on like our here and now and what's going on. I think it actually was good for me to watch that because I definitely was, as we established early on, I was down with the flu for about a week after throwing a pretty objective success of a, a awesome three-day festival that was just back-breaking work. Left me like mm-hmm. terminally exhausted. I like, got about twelve hours sleep over the course. You were of, like, running around a lot. Three days. Yeah, I saw you very stressed out. Everything hurt <laughs> for like days afterwards, but I was feeling really good about it as as I usually do after those kinds of events. And then I just being being sick like that just kind of put me in a bad headspace. Like a bad headspace. Yeah. I didn't feel good about pretty much much of anything. I believe that was apparent between our contention in the last episode. <laughs> That was that was at least funny. This was just like kind of like I was like, character, everything sucks, blah blah blah. But I watched it and it was actually I thought it was kind of inspiring in its way. Like I thought it was really neat just to see. Like all right, you know, I don't really have it that rough. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you know, that's like, what I'm saying. Like it's really easy to get down on like oh things are changing here. Oh it sucks. It's not as cool as it used to be. Everything's expense expensive. And then it's like oh yeah, there's like censorship in other countries that is out of this world and there's stuff going on and people are still doing it and there are these punk rock kids in china that are making their own zines and they're you know playing shows and like writing music and just just doing it and And they face far more adversary sure adverse adversary (laughs) adversary i know what you're going for yes (laughs) for doing it you know like i feel like I, i actually don't know this for a fact maybe i should check but just talk out of your ass it works for me (laughs) (laughs) it usually works for me although sometimes i get called out which i'm grateful for but anyways it seems like they could really get into trouble for some of those things that they're putting out there you know yeah especially the uh yeah the um the fella from the, the like one of the longest running punk rock bands in china that uh, he's sort of like, like you can't actually see his features in the um, in the documentary, and I, I presume that's because I, me- I meant to ask about that, and I just didn't. But the the fellow from that band, uh, SMZB, he's kind of like talking about some serious like political stuff about how like you know how China has been changing, why it's changing, who it's benefiting, this and that. And it's sort of like, wow, this is like this is kind of interesting because it's not like here where there's freedom of speech to just like you can say whatever yeah. you want. And, Everyone's free to and, ignore you. <laughs> yeah, like you piss people off in certain places, you can really get in trouble. Yeah, it's a, the stakes are a little bit different. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of like it's, it's like a different, it's a different level of bravery. <laughs> I mean, really. it's it's nice and refreshing to, you know, like watch something and have that reminder. I think it's important to always be grateful for the fact that you do have the right to call people out or oh, say sure. no. I mean, that, that should you know? never be taken for granted for. Uh, I think a lot of people do in a lot of ways and like I've noticed with no, of course they do. learning more about I mean getting older like of course there's always going to be younger generations where you're like what are you doing I don't get it because I'm older I don't know. It's more like I don't like it because I'm older. It's well, yeah. <laughs> I mean like I, I don't want to be one of those people that's not open to that, although I've found certain situations where I'm like, what the hell is this? I don't like this. 
Oh, I'm yes. old. I have no idea what that feels like. But, but one ahead. thing, I mean, like, it's totally the Rodney Dangerfield of me, but I feel like there's a lack of respect for certain, like, liberties that we have that it's like, oh, of why course. are you so entitled? Like, do you understand that this isn't necessarily a luxury like this is something you should feel grateful for this is something that a lot of people don't have and have to work really hard to have well hey look at it this way i mean we live in one of the major uh, metropolitan areas in, in the world there's there's all these entertainment options there's all this freedom things along those lines even just where i grew up which is an yeah. hour and a half away there was nothing there was, there was yeah nothing. that's true and the, the fact that like when people take that kind of thing for granted it makes me mental because it's like you know, you should never ever take that for granted. I know I have. You don't I've have to go out every reactions night, where <laughs> it's like I don't want to come across as anyone who, you know, like has that reaction. And then if you present it the wrong way, then you're not going to affect change. You're just going to piss off the those people that are going through that instead of like showing them like, hey, you know, like. Right. You should really be more respectful because you're very fortunate and it's great that you have that, but just be aware. I don't want to come off as some kind of autocratic balloon wrestler or anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, have a little respect, Sonny. Have I know. A little respect. I think that's why I love old people and re- relate to them because there's, <laughs> so, there's so much to learn from, like, older generations who have been through different things and then we like forget about certain things that are like okay um if i were living a hundred years ago i would have a very different life and that's not that much time a hundred years like as a woman i'd probably be doing very different things and i'm grateful for the fact that i can walk like, churning butter or something like a, I don't know. What's, what was it? Uh, churning butter, <laughs> not voting. Ah, yeah, yeah. Having a million children to watch after. Dying early. Dying early. <laughs> Who knows? Feel busy dying early. <laughs> Being sold off to like be mar- married to some man somewhere. I don't know. Could happen. It still does happen in other places. Say, it's not. It's not like that. that Let's far not forget the whole point of the conversation: being grateful. Yeah, I am very grateful, and it's like sometimes I feel a little down on San Francisco because of all the change and how expensive it is. And then I remember other places, and I'm like, wow, don't be an ungrateful jerk. <laughs> I have a lot here, and it's pretty amazing, and yeah. I'm really grateful for it all all the time, every day. I think about it every day. I just hearing about things going on in China, and I'm really interested in the Indonesia thing. Yeah, that he's doing, and I will Con- definitely context donate. Is everything? Is yeah, it's kind of like wow, you went and did that, and not only that is like there there are people there that this is their life that they've invested in, and if they lose it, that's like. Yeah, that's it. Their whole existence. Game over. Game over. It's not just like a, oh, I've gotten older and I'm not into that anymore. No, no, it's not that at all. It's (laughs) definitely a. It's a different thing. It's a different thing entirely. That's great. That's just fucking great, man. Now, what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty shit now, man. You finished. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What are we gonna do now? What? <laughs> See, it's game over, man. Uh, you know what? I'm grateful for Dead Rider. Let's listen to a song. Sounds good. Children, you know I've got to. Hunt. I've got to get my. 
All right. Here she is. That's Heather Bone and Bell. That's Bone and Bell off of the Colony is Good for Me is the name of the song, and it's off Organ Fantasy. She has a, she has a newer one. I, I think I even bought it. I still have it on the, the computer. She but played PRF West. She played PRF West on Sunday. Opened it up, and it was fantastic. She played through my full stack, which made me very happy. <laughs> my full stack amps. They're uh, oh, crazy. Cool. I, I don't know. No, I don't really know what that means. Guitar. It's just a ridiculously oversized amp setup. Oh, okay. Because she just played. She didn't have the full arrangement. It was, it was just her playing. And uh, oh, I, I thought that was awesome. Cool. Personally. Yeah, that is cool. Oh, full gosh. stack, Jack. Full stack, Jack. Mm-hmm. Full stack. That's probably a song somewhere by ACDC, right? More than likely, and if not, it would be a definitely right for parody for sure. Yeah, I'd like to hear Ozzy Osbourne sing that song also. Full stack, Jack. Mm-hmm. Full, coming up next, we got a little full stack, Jack by Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah. yeah, coming at ya. Got some uh, <laughs> what's what's his guitar player with the the freaking bullseye? Zach Wild <laughs> guitar solos, awful. Randy Rhodes, I'll stand up for, but yeah, I got to say there's there's some pretty terrible. I like Black Sabbath with Ozzy. That's, that's a different thing. I'm talking about Ozzy solo. <laughs> and I like the Randy Rhodes stuff, and the re- most of the rest of it can suck it. I mean, there's like a Bark at the Moon, and uh, what was the other one? Um, old, Your old Mom. Crazy Train. Oh. Yeah. Remember Ozzy's record, Your Mom? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a Stone Cold classic, wasn't it? I love Ozzy's. I, love, I do love Crazy Train. I do love me some Crazy Train. Bark at the Moon's good, too. Oh. Barking at something. So... Hey, that's the show. That was a good show. That was a good show. John Yingling, World Underground. Go to Indiegogo. Support that uh, that episode five, four. Are you, you're patting me in the back? I'm patting Conan on the back because he seems very lighthearted today and I like it. Yeah, yeah. Not always a complete bummer. Just most of the time. <laughs> I did not say that. You said that. I, said, I, said, I, I beat someone else to the punch for it. Uh, so go to theworldunderground.com. Donate, donate, donate to art. Yeah, it's uh, this is the great series. I, I, I want I want more of it, so make that happen. I'm going to kick in myself. So I'm also going to kick something. You're just going to kick something. You're not going to give any money. I'm wearing sandals right now. So <laughs> just make sure it's something Might soft. wait till later. Um, yeah, Indiegogo for that. TheWorldUnderground.com. It's on YouTube. It's on Vimeo. All that good stuff. Next week, uh, Tim Midget from Bottomless Pit, Silkworm, Mint Mile. Sick. So. That's going to be sick. Awesome, another awesome documentary to catch up on. That's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a long time coming. Cool. That's right. We're back, baby. Protonic Reversal is back. Woohoo! We got, a, yeah. we, got a, we got a series of shows coming up and uh, stick with it. This, the show happens every 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time, Thursdays. Radio Nope. Radio Valencia.fm as well. Podcaster at RadioNeutron.com. Complete site overhaul coming soon. More projects for Conan. Yes, because I'm not busy enough. Yeah. That's my main problem is I'm not to, busy enough. You need to relax. I don't know how Is to that relax. helpful? I don't know how to do it. It's helpful for someone to tell me I need to relax. Yes. Yeah. It really helps. Does that make you feel better? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. <sighs> um, 
Hey, thanks for listening, guys, yeah, friends, sure. strangers, show's countrymen. Got a, this show's got a Facebook page. Uh, yeah, um, Can you hear me I, now? I don't know. Whatever. You get it. Internet. Yeah. Be supportive. We love you. We yeah. love your support. I promise. Check you later. Check you later. to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the... It's the end of radio! The last announcer plays the last record! The last what? Leaves the transmitter! Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? broadcasting if there's no one there to receive
Radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, got my radio on. 